Hello, and welcome to Technically Minded, a podcast brought to you by Credera. Here we discuss hot topics in business and tech with our colleagues in an effort to share our collective insights with you. My name is Emily Crawford. I'm part of our management consulting group, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, we're talking about maximizing your organization's cloud transformation journey. With the increase in cloud investments, it's no longer a question of if the cloud is a differentiating factor, but how leaders can leverage cloud strategy for differentiated value. We're discussing that how today. To dig into this topic, we have three cloud experts that I'm excited to introduce to you, Mario, Scott, and James. Hello to all of you. Would you each give a brief intro? Hi, sure. My name is Mario DiMedia. I'm a principal architect with Cordera here out of the Dallas office. I kind of have a dual role within the firm. I lead our AWS partnership efforts along with delivering and overseeing AWS-based projects, every, everything from migrations through custom app dev to landing zone implementations, and really helping enterprises strategize on how to best enable their their engineering squads and, and the business side of the team to take advantage of the tools that cloud provides. Thanks, Mario. Well, I'll hop in next. Scott Decker, principal architect at Cordera. I'm out of our Denver office. Background has been in the cloud for 10 years, Azure and then AWS doing cloud native development of applications. Uh, now I have a internal role as well as the cloud capability lead where I'm accountable for talent acquisition, talent development, learning and development, coaching, pretty much all internal functions, staffing, et cetera, for the 50 or so folks inside the cloud capability. Thanks, Scott. Hi, I'm James Norwood. I'm a principal architect based out of our London office. Um, I've been a .NET developer and technical lead for 15 years, and I've been working in the cloud, sort of naturally evolved to working in the cloud for about six to seven years now. Um, and I've been working with uh, our enterprise clients, helping them go along uh, cloud transformation journeys. Thanks, James. Thank you all again so much for being here. I'm excited to dive in. So we hear that cloud is the most powerful tool that organizations have to embrace change. Mario, I'm curious, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, not not a hot take at all. I think that's a, the baseline expectation that should come with uh, an enterprise deciding to shift their technology landscape into a, a more cloud amenable approach as it forces a complete review and reinvention of every aspect of both technology and businesses ability to take advantage of technology to drive value for their customers whether that's through differentiated revenue streams or m- more efficient development and delivery of solutions, both inside and outside of a company? I think that's true. I'll I'll also say I think it's probably one of the least realized statements in the business in terms of actually seeing that, right? And so there is um, still a considerable gap or spectrum, I'll say, of companies from, we don't understand the cloud, I think, companies by and large are less skeptical of it than they were 10 years ago. I don't hear as many security concerns or things of that nature, but there's still a lack of understanding all the way up to like, okay, we actually understand this and leverage it and it's part of our business strategy. I think most companies still fall somewhere in the middle, which is we understand we're supposed to be there. We don't quite understand exactly how this relates to our business strategy. Building on top of that, I think. 
lot of our, our clients we see over here are using the cloud as a foundation for them to build their strategies upon. And then as they start moving towards the cloud, I think we see, and I think a lot of people see there, it, it starts transforming their business in many ways as well. So, you know, cloud almost enables our, our clients to start opening up to other technological pathways and, and ways of working as well. And it, it's, it's, that's why I say it's a foundation because you know they get to the cloud and they realise that's just not the end point. It's a continually evolving journey, so it's a it's a really interesting space to be in at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a good point, right? Because there's this expectation that you quote unquote purchase cloud and you're just done. Cloud is now part of my company, and we are part of whatever this movement means. And so, why the the expectation or assumption that things are different, better, more efficient? cheaper just by nature of having started leads companies into this false sense of, well, we're, we're doing the right thing where there's still a lot of work and intentionality that has to go into assessing where cloud technology fits and how it actually modifies what you build and what you're capturing from a value output from what you've built and why cloud made it different than if you had done it before. Otherwise, you're just doing the same things you've always done with technology you've always used, hosted by one of the cloud vendors, which doesn't actually inspire any change. It just means you're pretty much the same and wondering why you went down the path to begin with. So, so tell me about that a little bit more. If, if cloud can do it differently, and it can be more efficient, as you said in your opening statement, and I think, James, you were saying this is the foundation of the journey. What, what are the next steps on that journey and how can cloud help you truly transform your organization? I think, yeah, I, I, I saw it as a, I see it as a foundation because a lot of businesses, I think to Mary's point, they're looking at, you know, do we shift our existing workloads to the cloud and, and that's it. And I think they start on that, that journey and say, yeah, okay, let's move all of our workloads to the cloud because we have security compliance reasoning or, or we just need to sort of reduce our, our, our threat of um, our, running our own data centers or whatever that may be. And as they start moving to the cloud, they start realizing that, yes, we can run our business in the same way on the cloud, but okay, it's going to probably be more expensive. So maybe we need to also modernize at the same time as well. And it starts asking a lot of questions. And that modernization is both from, I think, a, a technical point of view, but also a ways of working point of view. The cloud provides tools that open your eyes to different ways of working that could actually make your life a lot easier. Um, and so that's why I see it's multi-step. It's, I, think, I think it's a continually evolving journey being on the cloud. Yeah, I think, you know, you asked a question there that said, uh, should we shift our workloads to the cloud? I think sometimes that's the, like, the common but potentially incorrect phrasing that people think of it in terms of. And the perhaps better question might be, should we shift to a shared responsibility model? Yeah, definitely. Right? Because that's really what we're talking about is if you take everything and you just move the workloads to the cloud, but nothing else changes, then all you get is a really huge cloud bill at the end of each month. <laughs> right? And you get to check the checkbox that says we're in the cloud. And then you're left wondering where is the cost savings and where is the value and why aren't we working faster and things like that. If you instead answer the more human question around should we move to a shared responsibility model, that's something that then actually engages different aspects, right? And says, hey, there's going to be implications for people and process, not just technology. That's the hard part, though. 
100% is saying, if we're going down this journey, it's typically technology driven. And the implication of a technology driven approach to enterprise or organizational change and how you how you leverage technology to realize some incremental modification and business value, however you define it, means that other areas of the org have to change too. And that is typically very, very challenging to realize given ITs in the core and you're trying to drive change from the middle out without having the external organizational verticals, whether that, you know, you call it the business side, finance, uh, security, in your development teams, be aware that they need to change the way that they operate to be able to take advantage of this new system is very, very hard. Like it, it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty impossible to have a grassroots technology driven organizational revolution within an enterprise. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there's usually one or two senior leaders that either get it or view it as a way that they can move their orgs forward. Uh, but getting an entire organization to fully understand the impact to each of their teams um, and be bought in on those impacts and operating in a different way uh, is incredibly difficult. Well, it's hard to know what the impact is. If you're someone who's driving product development on you know, a forward-facing website for, for an enterprise, who knows what, what or how cloud is going to impact you in 8, 12, 24 months down the road. The point is that product manager that answers to a, you know, a VP within the firm hasn't even had the discussion with or the with their you know their uh, reporting structure to say hey this is going to be impactful we need to be prepared and engaged and ready to modify our ways of working our our baseline expectations for how we interact with the rest of the company i think on that point of impact being impactful, I think people also sort of don't realize that as they go from the on-prem data center to cloud journey, you know, most of the time they have to run those aspects side by side for, for quite a while to ensure that, you know, they've transitioned correctly. And, and that comes with a considerable cost as well, um, which which will go away as you then decommission your old data centers. But I think that, that's just one sort of thing to call out to to our clients which we've done from time and time again is to say look you know as you're going through this journey just beware you know you, you will have to run these side by side and then you will move into sort of a, a more efficient way of working but initially it will be impactful to you yeah and, uh, i mean every vendor is going to come in and say yeah cloud vendor aws azure gcp doesn't matter they're going to come in and say get everyone in a room up front before you start the journey and let's have the conversation that that happens and we do it and we have been all been a part of delivering that message to leaders across an organization and the people that are actually delivering the solutions within the company and so day 0 check the box it's day 512 when those leaders have gone back into their into their bubbles of of delivery whatever that means for them and kind of the the Cloud, quote unquote, cloud adoption has been chugging along and it hasn't quite hit them yet. They've kind of forgotten about it. And then, boom, all of a sudden they're said, they're told, 
oh, the things you did yesterday are fundamentally different than what they need to be tomorrow if you're going to continue being serving in your role within the organization. And that's really, really hard. We really push to try and, and have a consistent conversation across the organization and drive you know, part of the inspiration for wanting to write this white paper that we'll discuss is how do you have a consistent conversation across verticals in the company to allow people to understand what and why they may be doing work and how it correlates to the enterprise's cloud journey? Is that, that's a really, really challenging abstract concept for people who are not engaged in enterprise strategy discussion on a you know, daily basis. So basically everyone in the firm beyond you know, the, the top most, uh, senior most folks. Which is also funny to me, like take a step back. We're three technologists and we're basically talking about like organizational change management. Right. And maybe that's just the call out. Like this is an OCM exercise just as much as it's a technical exercise. You've all mentioned the, the phrase ways of working and, and how those need to change. Are any of you able to expand a little bit on that and tell me what needs to change? What does that need to look like in the future of your cloud adoption story? I try and use an analogy. Technology kind of worked a bit like a factory. You, know, you, you shipped a request to IT for something, whether it's a VM, whether it's a, you know, a certificate, an auth key, an encryption key, whatever it is, right? Ship it to the front of the factory, IT, technology goes and does a thing. And when they're done, the output of the factory is the thing you requested, a virtual machine to put your app on, way to deliver your app, a certificate to secure communication to it, whatever it is. Post-functional cloud adoption where folks are, are really engaging in the ecosystem, the technology landscape functions a bit more like Etsy, where you have, instead of singular factories delivering singular and consistent goods, you have each team delivering something unique and intentionally driven towards some business value, whatever that may mean. Again, business value is very nebulous. And they're responsible for sourcing their, the thing that they used to request from that central factory. You may choose to source things from multiple teams sourcing from a similar factory. Cool. But you also may choose to not use a factory at all and go it, go it alone as a team where you're creating your own destiny within your little bubble of, of control. And that's really, really challenging from an enterprise perspective to kind of wrap your head around is how do we shift from this consistent view of how technology influences the business to a relatively inconsistent but secured and regulated and governed environment that allows for folks to create solutions that are unique and, and differentiated regardless of what their factory inputs and outputs are. And I, I do want to get everybody else's yeah. thoughts on that, but I also would like to hear Mario explain Etsy to our listeners, please. <laughs> it's a distributed product marketplace. It's, and it is a, uh, it's where Mario spends all his free time just like <laughs> making things, cute little crafts. Mario, do you have a side things. business? Do you have a side business that you haven't told yeah. us about? No, but I have spent a lot of time uh, reading and researching multi-sided marketplaces. And, and Etsy is, is a multi-sided platform. And that, that's, there's a whole winding path of, 
of conversation that no one wants to listen we don't, to. We don't want to get you on that topic. Huh? What what a multi-sided platform is and how it enables differentiated value for for all of the both producers and consumers that engage in the platform. The point is technology shifts, and that's a, a really easy shifting point. Technology used to not be a platform, used to be a factory. Etsy, Uber, they're platforms that enable constituents to engage in and connect between themselves using the platform versus the platform being the thing that drives value. Etsy is a form of connecting producers and consumers together. Cloud technology really is a way of doing the same thing within an enterprise as it pushes technology out and pulls verticals within a company closer together. It is a good analogy. I didn't mean to make fun of you. <laughs> Not making fun. James or Scott. <laughs> James or Scott, do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I was going to just say one piece on this as well. So I think to, to, to Mary's point on there being a factory, I think that that mindset affected the way that we, we built applications as well. Right. So when you you know when you're coming to design an application 15 years ago, you'd have a server where you you put your application on and it. If it had lots of things to do, you probably let it sort of put those things in the queue and it do one thing after another. Um, but now we're sort of the advent of, of serverless, which is which was the promise of the cloud, right? When when the cloud came about, people said, you know, it's infinitely scalable. That I think people first needed to get over the challenge of moving everything to the cloud if they were going to do that or, or, or modifying what they were going to be make, making and make that work for the cloud. So now that people are sort of into that maturity and we're seeing more of that maturity, and uh, people are now sort of changing the way that they're, they're, they're making their applications work on the cloud. So instead of having something run and then another process run after it, they're now paying for their, their compute they're using, the serverless model. So what that means is that they can have a thousand things happen at once and just pay for, for that as a one-off cost. And, and it massively increases their throughput, their productivity, and it's changing the way people are thinking. So I think to your point on the question of, you know, what does ways of working mean? It's, it's a mindset, a mindset shift as well of, okay, we can just have these bursts of infinite compute. So how do we utilize that in our business and, and solve really complex problems instantly rather than, okay, let's give it a day to churn through a big problem. So it's really interesting. It's changing skill set, it's changing mindset, and, and it's changing sort of the way we interact with this. And but there's a lot more coming, uh, I think, in, 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 a, in a very short space of, of time, I think, with uh, new applications and how they utilize sort of this incredible technology they've been given access to. Yeah, I'll add one more example too. Working with a client undergoing a large cloud migration journey, large client, you know, hundreds of applications. And I raised the question of, uh, well, we might not have DBAs once you guys are in the cloud. Right? And even just that question was like a light bulb or an interesting moment for them because they didn't have one DBA, they had a team of DBAs, right? And under a shared responsibility model, you don't need somebody to be managing your database, um, right? If you're using Dynamo, you don't need DBAs. This is now in the hands of the application team to define their auto-scaling rules and such. It, it's definitely impacting ways of working. It's impacting roles, responsibilities, which roles even exist, you know, and then kind of trying to help individuals see that, you know, and then Shape shift. But James, you, you said something that I want to press on. Teams are building applications in a different way. 
Well, and, and I think the implication in that statement is, you know, through the lens of what a company is building that they present to their customers, you know, whether that's a website or a way to interact with the, with the company that drives revenue. So one of the challenges that I, I think from a mental, ment- how we mentally think about or what our mental model of development is, is kind of centered on what does the what do our engineering teams build from using technology to, to deliver some, so, some solution? What we don't think about and what enterprises really struggle with is the team that provided the infrastructure in the past is now also an application delivery squad creating solutions that enable the other application teams to deliver more effectively. And so there's different orientations of solutions, not projects that technology needs to reorient towards. Where once we were create a a golden VM, technology needs to secure their their compute landscape, create a golden golden copy of your VM image and reuse it everywhere because you control everything. Tomorrow, you don't control whether engineering teams creating whether it's a business solution or a solution that supports other engineering teams, you don't control whether they use your VM. They could pick another type of virtual machine, another operating system flavor, they could go serverless. What you as technology need to orient to is how do we create a solution that enables that team to make the right choices and then govern the fact that the choices they make come with implications about their scope of responsibility and accountability. It's a fundamental process and and kind of development shift to think of a technology team as building solutions that don't stop. You know, this idea of maybe you create an AMI pipeline that enables other, other squads of folks to use your AMIs, that doesn't just go away. It's a solution. It is a service. It's a product that your internal team has created that enables consumption from another team. Going back to the Etsy idea, technology didn't used to be, a, they were a factory. Now they themselves are a consumer of their own platform creating products for internal consumption. They have customers. They need to shift to a different mindset and they need to understand the value that they're delivering to those customers because it's not going to be revenue oriented. The value that a technology team delivering shared services to another team could be operational. It could unlock some previously locked away service that gives them access to a way to create a solution that they just didn't have the ability to do before they interacted with the product that technology decided to produce for them. Talking about product teams on the inside is as challenging and confusing to an enterprise uh, as any concept that I've had a conversation around. You mentioned this uh, this white paper, so I want to talk a little bit more about it. It was on the topic of cloud optimization, and in it, you talked about how organizations are, are not seeing the value that they expected in their cloud journey. So I'd love to hear from this group, why is that, and how can they overcome those challenges? What can they do uh, in their cloud transformation journey to unlock that value? Yeah, and I- I'll jump in because I kind of spend a lot of time thinking about this. So I'm going to drop drop a statement, and I fully expect Scott to disagree. Enterprises think they're not receiving value. That is an inaccurate position for companies to take. 
The problem is they're oriented to receiving value from technology in a very specific and narrow lens. You know, did it move the needle for my customer? Did our investment in cloud move the needle for my customer in such a way that I've earned more money from, I've, I've received more money from them such that I can report to the SEC that have, uh, you know, doing well. I can report to Wall Street that my, my financials are better. And typically, the needle movement is years down the road in terms of how quickly and efficiently idea turns to value realization in the, in the revenue sense in the cloud adoption journey. Because to James' point, cloud adoption starts within deep internal IT where you're moving workloads from one place, from your on-prem data center to another, and that typically doesn't look like you've done anything different. And so there's there's this nebulous, where's my value? Because they're looking at a narrow, a narrow lens. And so I really wanted to highlight that in the white paper and say, look, there is more than just one way of realizing value from projects that your teams are executing against across the landscape of technology. The challenge is how do we talk about it in a way that helps product manager, VP on the, the far reaches of the enterprise that really doesn't have any technology experience go to you know, your cloud center of excellence manager and say, hey, like, why are we doing this? And they can talk the same language. Scott, do you indeed disagree or any other thoughts on that? Uh, no, I don't disagree, actually. <gasps> I think it is how you, I, I, I know, shocking. <laughs> uh, how you define value or what value they're looking for. Financials are always the easiest to point to or quantify, right? Um, it's what rolled up to Wall Street and such and such. And so, yeah, I think it's hard to do that from the get-go. I also think you can look at uh, different organizations. So, you know, organization A is looking at organization B and they're saying, hey, you know, we haven't been a technology company up to this point, but we want to be, right? Like we want to be a technology company that happens to sell cars or we want to be a technology company that happens to whatever, right? And they're trying to reorient around a very technology-centric mindset. They see these companies out there that are leveraging cloud and getting massive value from it. And they're wondering, how come we aren't getting that same value? They're using the exact same cloud. Like there, there's no fundamental services on AWS that only certain companies, the really cool, sexy ones get access to and the other ones don't, right? Like they all have the same access. That technology is the same. It's the people, right? It's the processes that are yeah. different. And that just takes a long time to change. So if you want to realize value immediately, plan on, you know, massive turmoil and turnover and reshaping your organization and your talent and your learning and development and everything else. Um, or plan on taking it years, right? Because you're going to have to work with the existing skill force you have who doesn't know this skill set, who has very established ways of working with people who have done the same thing for the last 15 years in the same way. And you're going to have to slowly pivot them to entirely new punchline again, ways of working. Um, and that takes time. I think, again, people think about it as a technology thing, like, oh, I just pressed the cloud button and I instantly realized this value. And that's not how it works. It's not a technology hurdle so much as it is a people and a process so, hurdle. I'm going to argue and you don't solve that quickly pressing the cloud button does instantly provide some amount of value. We're just, our clients and, and uh, companies who are just starting the journey, they don't know how to realize it. 
Uh, that's really the intent of the white paper. You think pressing the cloud button is going to instantly drive some amazing change into the firm that makes you 10x your revenue streams. What it actually does is incrementally modify the way, to your point, people are working. Incrementally modify the way they realize value. The problem is if you're not hyper strategic and intentful in defining and mapping what projects are providing what type of value to your customers, whether they're internal, again, if you're a product, thinking product team on the inside or external, then you have no way of realizing that, hey, like the last six months that feel like we haven't done anything, we've actually like realized this tremendous amount of differentiated value for us. It may not be differentiated for the market, but that differentiation internally will eventually yield a fundamental modification to the way your business makes money. And that, that's the important part is enterprises don't change overnight. Incremental value change, incremental realization of what works, what doesn't, and enabling experimentation and, and understanding a different accountability posture and responsibility posture across your company is where the value comes from. That's part of what the white paper, the intent is to drive, like think differently about what you're doing, where you put your, where you make your investments, where you place your bets so that you can realize the value that your, your bet you, you intend to receive from. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut in there because Scott was talking about the two different ways that organizations could adopt this, right? Move fast, maybe cause turmoil, get new skill sets quickly, but also potentially realize value quickly. It sounds like you may be more of a proponent of the incremental change. You just have to help describe how that value is being realized incrementally. Yeah, is, is that accurate? You're never going to go into a Fortune 10 company and say, use cloud and blow up everything and life will be completely fine. <laughs> there's just, there's no way. <laughs> there's just, it has to be incremental. Incremental, but intentional and hyper-visible in what the increments are actually yielding such that you can validate that the decision you made, the investment you made is worth it. How you're measuring that, that change yeah. being successful. Or even knowing that you should measure it. That concept alone, measuring you know, if it's data center migrations and thinking about the underlying processes and structures that come with moving, your, moving a singular VM or your suite of applications, just understanding that those changes to process and functional understanding of technology yields value to the enterprise. It's just not going to be revenue generating, but it is value. It's just a different type that enables someone else in the enterprise to do something differently, which allows them to generate value in a singular and different way, which incrementally modifies their team. If you can track or at least understand how that incremental modification to a singular team delivering a solution worked, you can replicate it. What big companies don't do is even think about the small incremental changes that come with process modification and or knowledge distribution. And so this is why cloud is valuable. And so they fully, I think, um, the, the definition is too narrow. So just to jump on your point there as well, Mario, I think measuring it is so key as well because you can, I think it's a fine balance to strike between you know, planning paralysis and, and planning absolutely everything to the nth degree and really not getting anywhere and going the other way and just being completely chaotic and breaking everything. And, and 
knowing the speed in which you're, you're adopting and, and, and sort of taking on that change, I think is really important to identify if you're being efficient in that adoption journey or if you need to change something or, or make sort of a, a step change in what you're doing. So I'm going to press efficiency isn't the goal. I could make a, a strong argument that it doesn't matter how quickly the cloud adoption journey takes takes hold within a firm. It's how effectively it takes hold within a firm. And that's not through mm-hmm. efficiency? The two things are not, I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. They can live together. They don't have to. Effectiveness and efficiency are, are two different things. You can be really effective, but you may not be the fastest. It may not be the easiest. Or you can be really efficient, but it could be singularly efficient in a very narrow space of, of what AWS may provide for your teams to build upon. James, did you have any other thoughts on what makes that transformation effective? I, I, I agree with Mario there. I totally agree. I think going back to the ways of working and, and, and tracking sort of effective or, or efficient you can really get think you're being efficient, but looking at the broader picture of what you're actually trying to achieve is the key on, I think, the effectiveness there, right? So that's where things are changing. From what I've seen, you know, you used to have engineering squads sat in one area, uh, infrastructure teams sat in another, product owners maybe interacting, and now you've got mixed discipline squads of infrastructure, product, and engineers all working closely together. And I think that's how the effectiveness and efficiency are sort of brought together because Product owners are almost saying, this is our end goal, or this is the organization's end goal. And the efficiency is like, okay, how are we iteratively getting towards that? It's a fine balance, right? And, and people are still working out how it works for each business. You know, we talk about agile transformation as well, but there isn't one single way of, of, of working in an agile way. Agile, it should be tailored to the business's needs, in my opinion. And, and that then goes alongside your cloud adoption journey as well. You know, what is agile to us? How do we work together? how we efficient and how we effective and, and how we're actually going to get to being on the cloud. And I think my statement there is actually incorrect. I don't think you, you could be on the cloud. You know, it's, it's an evolving journey because as soon as you've moved, say you moved everything to, to, to Microsoft Azure, right? Once you've got all of your platform in the cloud, the cloud's changed. And, and something new has been released, which you could capitalize on to make your business more efficient. Again, you've got to re, redevelop and pour time back into building your application. So, yeah, I think there's a continual evolution once you're on the cloud to, to embrace. Yeah. Um, and that then is mindset, ways of working, and, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, an evolving thing. We put together a tool, Consultant World 2x2, two two, that we find really helps our leaders, not just cloud leaders, but general leaders in a firm, in a company, talk consistently about where they're placing investments and the value they, they should expect to receive from them. Across the 2x2 two Bottom left, very foundational value, right? What what projects are we investing in that build some capability within our company that we need to do differently from what we were doing before? You know, we talked to AMI management. That's a capability. It's not really a solution. It still provides value. And then there's operational on, you know, another quadrant on the two by two is operational. How do you scale that capability across teams once you've discovered that it's actually useful? Upper left was um, exploratory, really more in how do you define a new way of building a solution, creating an application, delivering a product. Now, that could be using serverless where companies typically compute heavy, you know, VM heavy. Could be using more cutting edge ML ops processes to deliver machine learning models to your data science org faster. 
which needs a different set of kind of governance and security around it because folks don't really know what they're doing. So they need to be enabled to be flexible and change. Maybe a team realizes some pretty significant value in the exploratory space such that other teams should take advantage of it. And you shift your investment down into the into an operational space where you take their methodology and scale it out to a broader adoption process. Enterprises typically think about investing in foundation and operations in the cloud. It's very rare that we hear they want innovation, but they don't think about and apply the the process that allows them to say this this is an innovative thing. <laughs> like that people don't know there's innovation happening in the moment. They realize it when it's done. If all you focus on in a, in trying to learn how to take advantage of cloud technology is how do we create capability and how do we scale it to the enterprise, then you're you're too f- overweighted in building the ability to do something versus investing in figuring out whether the ability to do that even yields value to to a given enterprise, to a given firm. We really talk about spreading investments amongst the quadrants that then collectively yield transformation down the road where you're doing innovative things grounded in sound capability, and then you can scale up effort to the rest of your teams so they can do something innovative too. So you're telling me there's no easy button for this. And if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. (laughs) It would have been done already. We wouldn't be here talking. That's why we're talking about the ways to differentiate value. Exactly. Um, Scott or James, any last thoughts on that? I'm just curious, like, Mario, we set up the framework and we started, if you look at the white paper, with one foundational and then two operational and three exploratory and four transformative. You know, just linguistically, it makes sense to start with foundational as number one. But in terms of order of operations, do you actually think companies should start with the foundational capabilities or would they start somewhere else? I think that it should start everywhere, all at once. It is a fallacy to think that you cannot learn something new in a secure and governed way if you don't have a foundational capability in a given aspect of of a cloud vendor, right? Like that, I think it's a fallacy. You can do both. You can decide to increase your investment in DevOps while also figuring out how to be capable, creating those foundational solutions and figuring out whether Lambda makes sense for your your enterprise all at the same time. If you've had the proper conversations about the changes necessary to process and even roles and responsibilities as well. Right, and that that's why we, you know, when we talk about day zero, having everyone mm-hmm. come together. Well, day seventy-eight, those same folks need to need to come together and understand, you know, on a consistent basis from day zero to seventy-eight. Here's where we're placing our investments, and here's what's expected and required from the teams that are involved in projects that are, you know, in the exploratory, operational, foundational, transformative space, such that they're willing to take on whether it's risk or additive work to be successful. Is that is that foundational conversation, if you could leave IT leaders with one tip today, would it be to have that foundational conversation before you get started or something else? I think it's a good question. The advice that I would leave behind is encourage your teams to think about why they're doing what they're doing and drive consistent language across the teams 
so they all understand what everyone is engaging with. Scott, what about you? If you could leave IT leaders with one thought today, what would it be? If you're upgrading from .NET 3 to .NET 5, feel free to just mandate that and do it. But if you're actually trying to do cloud transformation, don't try to mandate that. Don't think of it as just a technology objective. You need to share this with your business counterparts. You need to have lunches with them where you explain what it is, how it will impact the ways of working, how the business can fundamentally benefit from this. This is not something you can just decree from on high and have it work well. You have to work with the business and understand the impacts if you're going to be successful. James, what about you? One tip or thought for IT leaders as we close. Yeah, I think similar to Scott, DevOps is a term that's thrown around by lots of businesses. And what it really means is getting the right people together in the same teams to work closely and understand the business as a whole. So if there's an option to do it in your business, then have cross-functional teams wherever possible to allow people to work efficiently and effectively now uh, so that you can um, understand your business as a whole and ground your, your, your tasks so you can move towards the cloud at a, at a faster rate. Thank you all. Well, I'm worried if we stay on here too long, we might be going through the ins and outs of how Etsy works as a business. So I think we will we will wrap it up there. Thank you all so much for your time today. Really appreciate the conversation on cloud transformation and how to get the most value out of it as an organization and how to change your mindset on it, which is really what I learned about today. Listeners, if you're interested in learning more about what's right for your organization, check out our white paper that was mentioned several times here, which is available on Cradera's website. That will be on our insights page. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, feel free to reach out to us via our website as well. Once again, a big thank you to Mario, Scott, and James for joining me today to discuss cloud. And thank you as well to our listeners. We hope you'll join us for another episode of Technically Minded. Technically Minded.